podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. So it's my turn to read, and I technically have the book that Connie, I think, is going to be into. Sweet. I hope so. Um, I know at one point in time, she was pointing out one of these books in the back of one of the other books. Oh. Which is why I kept my mouth shut and didn't say anything, because I've been sitting on my shelf for a while. My favorite. It's like Christmas. Right. Okay, so what I am going to be reading is a choose-your-own-adventure book, Passport, the news team that covers the world. Tour de France. (laughs) More bikes. (laughs) Hell yeah. This is Choose Your Own Adventure? This is Choose Your Own Adventure. So, and this was another attempt to try to make another spinoff that probably fell flat. It ran six books, and you are the same characters in every book, and you're like a news team that goes out and hits, I don't know... Hot spots. I mean, it's basically it's they're more educational and it hits points of interest. That's kind of an interesting premise, really. Yeah, this is Uh, for the truly nerdy children. Yeah, which I was one. Um, And and the fact that you can like kind of maybe sort of fall in love with those characters, or in our case, grow to hate them. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Quickly, quickly grow to hate them. Yeah, I think it's like. there's a you character, which is the anchor. Hmm. And then there's like a cameraman and somebody else. Oh, it's like Channel One. Something. Remember Channel One? What? It was like the news and they'd show it in school and it was like 15 oh. minutes. Lisa Ling, I think, was a reporter. But it was, and that was a wild thing. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. Yeah, our, our Channel One, they would sometimes do like Channel One and then also do our own news yeah. crew with, you know, announcements and whatever right after or or right before yeah what a weird time yeah cool and the tour de france is timely because of that sign incident this last time right what happened some idiot bystander got really got basically on the road and had a sign and was holding it up and the biker hit the sign and then fell and every biker behind him also fell (gasps) and then they had to make this psa video about like keep your dogs on a leash Keep your children by you. Don't bring signs down to the road. Don't go down to the road. Like all these like rules. And it was like, well, these people are animals. <laughs> that's why, I mean, that's why it, people like that is why warnings end up showing up on things mm-hmm. because they can't figure out not to dump hot coffee in their lap and, right. you know, uh, don't put a baby in a shredder, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't it know was... if you've seen that. I, do you guys have a shredder at work? Yes. Yeah. If you looked at the warning signs on it, no. <laughs> I don't know about yours, but my network has a baby with a cross sign through it. Right. Well, there's <laughs> like um, no babies in the shredder. What? <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, there's it's a standardized uh, warning sign. They also put them on buckets and stuff like big buckets with like the kid like half in and half out. Uh huh. <laughs> don't let your kid fall into the fucking bucket. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So. You hold in your hands your passport to adventure. You are an anchor for the passport news team. Together with Jake, your cameraman, and Eddie, an investigative journalist, you travel the world on assignment, reporting firsthand some of the hottest events in the news. Destination, France. Assignment, to cover the most exciting and challenging bike race of all. 
the Tour de France this year, a grueling 25-day, 2,500-mile bike race with fame, honor, and big money at stake. But the stakes get even higher when you and the Passport News team uncover a plot to sabotage the race. When France's top racer is kidnapped, it's up to you to investigate who did it and why. Length of stay? Just long enough to get the real story and get out alive. Will you take on the cycling challenge yourself to discover the truth? The decision is yours. A choose-your-own-adventure book, Passport, the news team that covers the world. Tour de France by James Beckett, illustrated by Howard Simpson. And a uh, point of trivia, Howard Simpson is the illustrator that got a hold of us after we made fun of that one picture that he did oh, in yeah. Australia book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, Hi, Howard. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Howard Simpson. Um, I don't know if he listened, but he left the comment on YouTube. or uh, No, he left it on, uh, um, on Facebook. Oh, right. Has this author written anything? James Beckett? This was Actually, his, yeah. It's because this was his baby and they murdered it. He wrote Inca Gold. Oh, okay. Inca Gold. He wrote Inca Gold. Ooh, he directed a movie. Oh. oh, he lived in oh, he lived in Switzerland. So he directed a Swiss movie. It's a thriller. It's called Ulterior Motives. I'm gonna look that up. He went to Harvard Law School. Is it a Swiss movie? Oh, right. Does it star anybody famous? Nope. Perfect. It looks like a run-of-the-mill 80s thriller. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Did he direct anything else? Oh, he directed quite a bit of things. Wow. Just a very different, interesting, nothing that jumps totally out at me, but after-school specials, he directed one of those. Nice. We've probably seen it. Mm. Oh, wait. Maybe two of them. <laughs> Yeah, his last directing credit was in 2014. It looks like a zombie movie. Wow. Yeah, cool. Still active after all this time. Mm. Warning. No warnings in these books. Oh. I, I noticed that. There is a picture of France. <laughs> if you can I mean, call it that. It should be of France. It just doesn't actually mark it as France. It, it, but, you know, Paris is in there. Vons, Bordeaux. Son Etienne. I don't know. Oh, yeah, a little map. A little cartoonish sort of map of France. With little bikers. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, welcome to the WCYA Passport News Team. You are a special correspondent for the WCYA Passport News Team. A few years ago, you were the winner of a local contest for a children's television announcer. I don't know how few years ago that was last year <laughs> well i mean were you like five when you won and now you're 12 yeah <laughs> yeah we're hard news reporters now <laughs> you were teamed with edwina or edwina 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 you were teamed with edwina known as eddie who is a writer and jake a cameraman you quickly became the hottest news team in the business now the three of you travel the world on assignment, always looking for the next scoop. Okay. Your current assignment is to cover the Tour de France, the most famous bicycle race of all time. You're there to cover the story, but in the process, you uncover some very serious wrongdoings. 
In the pages that follow, you will be asked to make a choice from time to time. You could expose some kidnappers and be cited for your bravery. Or your reporting could get you into trouble. Enemies may want to kill the story and you. Okay. Good luck. Murder? That's a pretty serious charge, Eddie, you say, looking out the hotel window at the Eiffel Tower. Supposed murderer. <laughs> it is a beautiful July day. You and your cameraman, Jake, have just arrived in Paris to cover the Tour de France, the greatest bicycle race in the world. At the moment, you'd just like to sleep, but your colleague, Edwina, known as Eddie, insists that you could be covering more than a bike race in your report. In one of the preliminary heats, France's top racer and national hero, Marcel Lapel, has met with a minor accident. I'm convinced someone tried to kill Marcel Lapel, Eddie says. It was not an accident. I was there. I saw the cuts in the break. What did the police say, you ask? That's just it, Eddie answers. Lapel and his trainer seemed extremely upset, scared even, that I'd seen the breaks. They insisted it was an accident. That's what made me suspect something. So they're in on his own murder. I think she's a writer, right? So I think maybe she has an overactive imagination. Yeah. And is put in stories where stories don't exist. Yeah, I mean. I think we should ignore everything she says from here on out. Okay. Our high-strung co-worker who yeah. just jumps on us as soon as we get off the airplane with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jake sits up on the bed. He's an amateur bike racer and really knows the sport. Which is why he's an amateur. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he knows it. He's just not good at it. <laughs> Eddie, come on, he says. The Tour de France is like a religious event here. Wars would stop just to have the tour. No one would dare hurt Lapel, let alone try to kill him. Those who can't do talk about it on TV. <laughs> That's right. And I have... No fucking clue what's going on in this picture. <laughs> so it looks like Howard Simpson's getting another message. <laughs> uh, He's, it's a glove. He's gearing or something. Well, I mean, that's a glove on a bike handle, but it's, I don't understand the art <laughs> going on there. There's a lot of busy stuff going on yeah. around that. I like yeah. it, yeah. Oh, maybe I should get bike gloves for my Peloton. That baby fingerless. Fingerless, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's Connie's big takeaway from the book. Yep. <laughs> or a sparkle glove. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> yeah. Eddie turns. Get real, Jake. The tour today is also big business. The writers are cycling billboards. Companies put up millions to get their name in front of the public. Towns compete to get the tour to pass through their streets. With so much fame and money at stake, you can't tell me no one might be tempted to have an accident happen, you realize they are both right. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the tour is a great sports event, probably the toughest athletic test around. Riders face a 2,500-mile endurance race over 25 days through flatlands and valleys and up and down mountain roads steep enough to make goats think twice, all with only one testicle and a lot of drugs in their system. <laughs> yep. The course varies each year, but always finishes in Paris with the riders sprinting up the Champs... Champs-Élysées. Champs-Élysées. Champs. Champs. Champs-Élysées to the Arc de Triomphe. One year, it goes clockwise around France, the next counterclockwise. 
The race is run in daily stages, with the winner of the previous day stage wearing the Malowan? Malet Juan? <laughs> the French, French word? <laughs> or yellow jersey, and starting at the head of the pack the next day. At the same time, the Tour de France is a huge commercial event. More than 20 million passionate fans wait for fleeting glimpses of their favorites as they flash by in their brilliant red, yellow, green, blue, and violet jerseys. I'm assuming those are all individual colored no. jerseys and not no. one single one, one rainbow jersey. One crazy psychedelic rainbow jersey. Yeah. See, I almost was taking it seriously. For <laughs> I have no idea. So, more than 20 million passionate fans, blah, 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 catch a glimpse, yada, yada, tires humming on the pavement, accompanied by the stick snack of changing gears. Racers pedaling across the loveliest countryside in the world are followed by an endless caravan of tour sponsor vehicles, their flashing billboards stuffed with paper hats and plastic bags to be thrown to scrambling fans on the roadside. So, garbage vendors. <laughs> nice. Hundreds of millions more will watch the writers on TV or catch photos of the day's winner on the front page of local newspapers. The country comes to a standstill for the race. To ride in it is an honor. To finish a remarkable achievement. To win it is absolute glory. With so much pressure and competition, temptations to take shortcuts certainly exist. But murder? On the flight over, you read up on this year's race. Marcel Lapel is aiming for his fourth straight victory. He's one of the most popular, but also one of the most controversial writers in history. Also, I hate that name. Marcel Lapel. Lapel's longtime rival, Sean Osteen. That's a horrible <laughs> name, too. <laughs> ranks as a co-favorite. His team, Team X, is new and poses a real mystery. I mean, anything with an X in it makes it awesome. Yeah. It's more extreme. The writers dress in black with no insignia at all. According to the team trainer, a wealthy philanthropist backs the team to defend the purity of the sport oh, and Lord. make a statement against commercialism. Mm. Cynics call it an advertising ploy to keep everyone guessing what X is. When the world's curiosity is at a fever pitch, the owners will reveal the product and sell millions. But whoever is backing Team X has put together the toughest group of writers on the tour, the true bad boys of a sport known for its Dangerous high-speed falls and collisions. Oh, dear Lord. They're the ones, the murderers. They're the ones that brag about having two balls. <laughs> <laughs> you, Jake, and Eddie have prepared for the grueling marathon as best you can. Fortunately, you have just received your driver's license. Oh. Oh. So how, how, how old do you have to be in France to get your driver's license? I don't know. Ten. Sweet. Cameras, recorders, an ice chest, even a laptop computer sit in a rented van that Eddie has had equipped with a microwave dish to allow you to connect. I thought you were going to stop at microwave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just said microwave dish, so it could actually be a dish that you put in the microwave. A dish that he just pulled out of the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. To allow you to connect with nearby TV stations. For the last eight months, you, Jake, and Eddie have been on open assignment for WCYA, a top network news channel. Instead of making you co-anchor with the veteran newscaster who threatened to quit if you shared the hour, 
Derek Peterson, the president of the channel, has sent the three of you on the lookout for special shows anywhere in the world. It's an unbelievable break. You remember Mr. Peterson's words. You three are hot. Get out there and show your stuff. No holds barred. Then he slaps your ass. <laughs> you don't have to go to school anymore. It's fine. Also, the TV station, WCYA, it's W Choose Your Adventure. No, it's W Choose Your Ass. Jake and Eddie are very excited about covering the Tour de France. You, not so much. While you love sports, you felt the assignment was a bit tame. Now that Eddie has come up with a whole new spin on the race, you're ready to get in gear. Yeah, are sabotage. We? Are we? I mean, you seemed like you really I guess we got thought swayed. she was full of shit. Right. I, I did, but apparently our character was swayed by her wild stories. The race starts tomorrow in Versailles, outside Paris, then moves north to Calais. Calais? Calais. 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 No S's in this fucking <laughs> language at all. Nope. Then moves north to Calais, continuing counterclockwise around France, south and west along the beaches of Normandy, down the Atlantic coast, and through the wine country around Bordeaux to the Pyrenees. After the Pyrenees, it's north and east across Mediterranean France and through Provence, a land of warmth, olives, and vines. From there, the riders proceed to the Towering Alps, where the tour dips into French-speaking Switzerland before heading west, then north through Burgundy to finish in a blaze of glory in Paris. I want to go to all those places. Mm -hmm. How long do you think that would take? Uh, apparently... 2000 well not that but like go to the <laughs> like places have fun like stay a few days in each one probably a month maybe, maybe a, a month. little longer need to ask for some more time two off months work. maybe need to ask for more time off work yeah and i need to get my passport yeah you may proceed can marcel lapel survive the trek if someone is indeed after him god i hope not you a journalist have a story to investigate so where do we start you ask I think we should go to the French police investigators. The Sûreté, Jake proposes. There, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> if something did happen to Lapel, it would be a disaster for France. The police might already know about it, and we could break the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could ruin their investigation by talking about it before it's done. Yeah. Eddie smiles. We could do that, but what about talking to Lapel directly? We could ask for an interview. The race is set to start in a matter of hours. Time is short. If you decide to go to the Surete, turn to page 9. If you decide to interview Lapel, turn to page 63. I've got an idea, Eddie. Why don't you just write the story with your writer's imagination, and then we'll just report on that. <laughs> yeah, so we're not, an option. We're not no. listening to her, right? So we're going to go to the police. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> we decided not to listen to her before anything. I do like the idea of interviewing him, though. But mm, yeah. I kind of want to stick with, like, just, just ignore everything ignore, okay. she has to say. Let's do that route, I think then. that's a good route to go. Let's go piss these French police people off. Yes. Okay. Going to talk to the cops. We're Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> and this cop thinks you guys are hilarious. <laughs> yes, he does. It's, who was... I think that's us. Oh, uh, my lord. <laughs> Because we're mad that he's laughing at us. And we're wearing or, reporter clothes. Or that's Jake. Or something. Our idiot cameraman. We probably shouldn't listen to, but oh well. 
The policeman at the reception desk of the commissariat de police bursts out laughing. Not another one. Every year it's the same. We get 20 stories like this. Bring me a body, then we can talk. <laughs> he notices your total frustration, shrugs, hands you a sheaf of papers. Here, fill these out. I will submit them to my superiors. Eddie and Jake are waiting expectantly on the street. They see from your expression that you struck out. Grab your equipment. I'm not giving up, you growl. After all, you're a professional journalist. Getting doors slammed in your face comes with the territory. You enter a side door. The police officer on duty notes your impressive-looking camera and sound equipment. You flash him your press card. We're here to interview the commissaire about his investigation of the attempt on Marcel Lapel's life. Un momento, si the do. He says politely as he reaches for the phone. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna skip right over that. <laughs> to your surprise, five minutes later, you find yourself facing the commissaire de police in his high-ceilinged office. You relate what you know, and his face gets redder and redder. You begin to feel foolish. Not only is he unconvinced, the more you talk, the less you believe the story yourself. God damn it, Eddie. The commissaire raises his hand to stop you. We are anxious to have good relations with the press. However, when journalists, especially vulgar sports journalists, mm -hmm. attempt to create a scandal from nothing to sell their papers, that is not acceptable. He raises from his chair. Get out of my office and stick to covering sports, not fantasy. Oh, we got told off. You, Jake, and Eddie drive out of Paris, a pretty glum trio. You've missed the start of the tour in Versailles with nothing to show for it. You decide to concentrate on doing some first-class sports reporting when you catch up with the tour in Calais. In mid-afternoon, you pull off the road at a bristo recommended in your guidebook. Eddie reads the menu. The two specialties are frog legs and snails. Because, of course, they are. Of course, are. they are. That's mm, cargo, though. I mean, that's the only thing French people know how to make. Yeah. According to American. Well, uh, I mean, meals. it's the only livestock in their country. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. And, and French fries, of course. The two specialties are frog legs and snails. When you ask the waiter if they serve French fries, oh my God. He tells you he's never heard of them. We Stupid are, Americans. We are ridiculous. <laughs> You are surprised to see such a crowd in the Bristow at this hour. Farmers, shopkeepers, the postmen, and all the locals are in for a glass of wine. You see, and that's all they drink to. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yep. It's noon. Who cares? <laughs> you see why when a sudden cheer goes up around you. They are watching the tour on television. The finish of the first day is on the screen, live from Calais. Lapel and Osteen are neck and neck, heading toward the finish line with Oswald Hinckley, a teammate of Osteen's, close behind. Each man pumps his pedals with his last ounce of strength. Lapel drives through to win over Osteen, who is nipped at the finish by his teammate, Hinckley. Bad teammate. The bistro erupts in a roar of cheering. You interview some of the livelier characters trying to get a sense of why the tour is so popular. Many have ridden to the bistro on their bikes, dressed in the cycling outfits of their favorite teams. <laughs> They argue with great passion about their favorites. You catch up to the tour on the second day as the writers swing south and move along the coast of the old duchy of Normandy, named after the conquering Northmen, the Vikings, who settled in France in the 9th century. 
educational. <laughs> well, not as educational as the fact that they eat frog legs and snails and nothing yeah. else. Frog that's, legs, snails, and wine. That's the real education in this book. Your four food groups. <laughs> Over the... Yes, because three is French for four. <laughs> Over the next few days, you work hard reporting on the sights and the race. You're so caught up in the excitement, you've all but forgotten about the possibility of murder. Marcel Lapel certainly isn't writing like a man scared to win. After six days, he's wearing the yellow thing, signifying his status as leader of the race. I'm shocked your coworker hasn't hounded you about it this entire time. Yeah, she seemed pretty convinced of all the goings on inside of her own head. Mm -hmm. yeah. The next few days take you and the writers to the Lore Valley, a fertile region studded with chateaux or castles. On day eight, the writers will head through Bordeaux, the area of southwestern France famous for its fine red wines. On the ninth day, you hire a helicopter to get some aerial shots. Oh, ooh la la, we have a budget. Mm -hmm. As Jake... <laughs> As Jake hangs out precariously with his camera, you take in the great view. The red tile roofs of the village, the plush green fields, the endless rows of grapevines, Jake getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> Who's going to say, push him out? Yeah, there better be some sort of murder in this book. Just murder him. <laughs> the rolling hills. Directly below you, the 200 riders look like a speckled serpent wiggling its way along a ribbon of highway. Someone breaks from the pack. It's the yellow jersey. Lapel. He appears to be taking a gamble. The Pyrenees are near, and it is there. You know, for some reason, I thought the Pyrenees were like people. <laughs> <laughs> the Pyrenees are near, and it is there, and in the Alps, the two great hill climbing parts of the race, that many say the race is won or lost. If Lapel wins a big enough lead before the mountains, he could have a near lock on the title. If he exhausts himself and falls back, he could be throwing the race away. Why don't you let him do his thing yeah, and not his. fucking worry about it? We get reporter. to choose. We get to choose what he does. Right. <laughs> Lapel is now well out of sight of the others, but from up above you can see it all, both the pack and the lone rider in the yellow jersey. And yours is not the only helicopter following the race. A black French-made alouette has been on your right for the last ten minutes. Helicopter fight. That would be awesome. You look down as the pack approaches a blind corner. A hay wagon is approaching from a side road. From above, you can see an accident about to happen. See? It's like the sign. As the wagon crosses the road, the riders come around the corner doing about 30 miles per hour. Wow. The first cyclists swerve to avoid the obstacle. Two go down. And like dominoes, the rest of the pack <laughs> knock each other down or careen off into the bumpy fields. This must be a thing that happens yeah, way happens too often. Way too often. It's a total catastrophe. And what a break for Lapel to be out of harm's way. Ah. Hmm. This is the first I'm hearing of this being a problem. Yeah, just lack of paying attention from the crowd. You search ahead for the familiar yellow jersey. You can't believe your eyes. The black helicopter has landed, and two men appear to be dragging Lapel toward it. <laughs> nice. Shit. His bicycle is overturned on the road. What's happening? Jake blurts out. The black helicopter rises quickly. There's only one explanation, you say slowly, which I didn't. <laughs> There's only one explanation. Okay, Shatner, let's move this along. You say slowly. <laughs> Lapel is being 
kidnapped. <laughs> Your pilot hovers over the crash site. Some riders have gotten back on their bikes and gone on, but a number just lie there. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> they could be seriously injured. Men standing over the fallen riders are waving wildly at you for help. The other helicopter banks off toward the west, its prisoner aboard. Should you chase it to try and save Lapel? Or should you land and transport the seriously injured to the nearest hospital? What does Eddie think we should do? Right. So if, we can do the opposite. <laughs> if you decide to help the injured, turn to page 30. If you decide to chase Lapel's kidnappers, turn to page 16. Helicopter chase. Yeah, which one's the better news story? Uh-huh. That three reporters from America saved this French biker? Yeah. Yeah. And didn't die in the ensuing helicopter chase? I mean, we're not flying this thing. We have to strong arm our pilot, but oh, yeah, we're yeah. going to chase. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're paying him. He has to do what we say. It's true. Whether there's guns involved or not. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter trembles and shakes as your pilot opens full throttle in pursuit of the kidnappers. Jake, did you get that? You shout over the roar of that engine. Jake pats his camera and gives you the thumbs up and well, falls out of the helicopter. <laughs> I was going to say, the police have to listen to us. Now we have proof. No one is better under fire. The tape might help identify the kidnappers. Already, you're imagining sending a copy to the commissar in Paris who threw you out of his office. Just a big to rub it in his nose. You spiteful signed, little bastard. Signed, fuck you. <laughs> a sharp ping resounds above your head. The pilot curses violently in French at a figure in the back helicopter who is firing a rifle at you. Goddamn. Your chopper veers off to the right as your pilot fiddles with the radio dial. They knocked out our radio, he reports. We cannot oh. now radio our position to alert the Air Force. What do you want to do? What do you suggest, you ask him? Your pilot, a Frenchman and avid cycling fan, regards ruining the tour as the most terrible of crimes. Follow them. We can stay back out of range and follow them on the radar if we lose sight of them. You turn to Jake and Eddie. They nod in agreement. They want to go for it. No one else will prevent the kidnappers from making a clean getaway. For more than an hour, you trail them, often losing visual contact in the billowing white clouds. The helicopter shakes violently with the turbulence of updrafts. You're flying dangerously close to the Pyrenees, through narrow gaps in the peaks. Through the mist, you see what looks like an avalanche, but turns out to be a large flock of sheep. <laughs> We're not very smart. Frightened by the noise of the helicopter. A fluffy, fluffy avalanche. <laughs> so... Enjoy that visual, kids. <laughs> you can see the shepherd, no doubt a Basque, and his dogs working to contain them. Just shaking their fist at you. The pilot of the Alouette does his acrobatic best to shake you off. Your pilot tries to keep up. For some reason, I thought we were in the Alouette. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not paying attention to the book I'm reading. <laughs> but your radar only works when there's no mountain between you and your quarry. You swoop over a ridge. Down below looms a large town. The pilot looks surprised. That's Andorra. We've come further than I thought. Andorra is a postage stamp-sized country. Let's say that's another country. Half the size of New York City, wedged in the mountains between Spain and France. Its inhabitants have become prosperous with tourism and, some say, smuggling. Where is the black helicopter now? There's no blip on the radar, nothing in your line of vision. Have they landed or flown off in some unknown direction? I hope they crashed. We needed a pilot with a gun. Gun pilot! Should always hire the pilot with the gun. Yeah, just these scenarios. Down there, Eddie shouts. 
The clouds below you part for a moment, revealing a huddle of stone buildings on the mountainside. You don't see any helicopter. A flash of movement in the courtyard catches your eye. It's the rotor blades of the black chopper winding down. The cloud bank rolls through below. I thought we didn't see any black chopper. Yes, but then you did. Oh. So first you didn't, but then you did. That's Suspense. Weird. <laughs> yep, all in the same paragraph. Yeah. The cloud bank rolls through below, swallowing up the buildings. The pilot nods. I saw it. Looks like an old monastery down there, isolated in the mountains. What should you do? You have no radio to alert help and send your position. If you go back for help, Lapel might be gone by the time you return. Part of the reason you've gotten ahead so fast in your profession is your ability to make lightning decisions. More often than not, the right ones. Mm. Because we always disagree with Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you and Eddie go back with the pilot, you instruct. Get the police right away, then file the story at the station. We've got an exclusive on the most daring kidnapping of the century, right on tape. You point out the window to a small plateau on the mountainside just above the cloud-shrouded monastery. Leave me there so I can keep an eye on the kidnappers. We don't want to lose them before the police arrive. Do we think the monks are in on this kidnapping? <laughs> yeah, they are the masterminds. Mm -hmm. Eddie and Jake stare at each other. They're obviously scared for you, but they see you're determined. The helicopter hovers above the stony ground, and you climb down a rope ladder, jumping the last feet and rolling to absorb the shock of the fall. You action hero, you. <laughs> <laughs> As the helicopter ascends out of the mountains, you realize you are alone. You just now realize that. Probably should have realized that before. Yeah. As the helicopter ascends out of the mountains, you realize how alone you are. Help should be on its way soon, though. But then the helicopter abruptly jerks in the sky. A thin trail of smoke darts from its tail. It quickly loses altitude and plummets behind a mountain. Oh no, you think? They're dead! They must have taken a hit from a gun at the monastery. You can only pray your friends survived the crash. But even if they do, there's no way word of where you are will get to the authorities. Oh, I hope that videotape survives the crash. You move to the edge of the rock shelf you're on and look down toward the monastery. You quickly spot at least a dozen men with guns climbing towards you. Oh god. Only one way to go. Up. They saw the whole thing. You run across the ledge and start climbing higher through the scrubby trees. The sound of barking dogs comes from behind you. You come to a new chain-link fence and climb up and over it, your vaulting skills enhanced by sheer fear. Soon, you're off the monastery grounds. You keep climbing, steeper and steeper. You pull yourself hand over hand up a small cliff. You lift yourself up to a ledge and stare face to face. At a lion? What's a lion doing in the middle of Europe? And what are you doing hanging off a cliff looking at one? Change the channel, you think. Go back down a few steps and look below. Is that a tree trunk or a giraffe's neck? It's a giraffe. What is going on? We're tripping balls. Yeah, we shouldn't have taken those mushrooms before we got in that helicopter. You see now the place is teeming with animals. It must be in some kind of game park. The fence was to keep the animals in. Zing! A bullet whizzes past you and ricochets off the rock above your head. You look down. Your pursuers are not far behind. You make it to the top of the mountain. At first glance, it seems like a flat plateau. But then you see there's a natural bull, like an ancient theater. In the bottom of the cup are scores of large birds, eagles, condors, vultures, hawks. The men are getting closer, and you realize there's no escape. It's like a drug lord's... <laughs> we, need to use, we need to use our bird control powers oh. and fight back. Yeah. Well, 
everybody knows that if you just call to the Eagles, they'll carry you out to Mordor. You can drop the ring in yourself. I don't know why we didn't do that. You rush down the slope of the bull, setting off a cascade of stones and sending the birds into a frenzy. Their legs, you notice, are tied by cords to stakes in the ground. Oh, drug lord's house. Mm -hmm. A man appears above on the rim of the bull, then another. You are totally surrounded. You have to do something. Oh my god. I know what's happening. The drug lord kidnapped Lapel to add him to his exotic collection. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what's going on here. It's not a kidnapping hold for ransom, so the race can't be won. It was just the most viable option for a timing for him to actually kidnap him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's what's happening. So are you implying that Frenchmen are animals? No, well, I'm, man. I'm implying... Man is, the, man is the greatest animal. Yeah, I'm <laughs> implying that, that the drug lord thinks of everybody else except himself as an animal. So... Sure. Okay, I like this. He probably has a collection of other, I don't know, people that are great in their fields of research or com- competition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. I like this. You are totally surrounded. You have to do something. What about gathering up the cords from several birds? They are eager to escape, and you are light. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, they could lift you out. Oh, God, yes. Then again, trying such a risky escape might not be wise. Why not just show the man your press card? Oh, jeez. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Kidnappers have to make demands, and the press can be useful in delivering messages. They don't have to do anything. They can do whatever the fuck they want. A dozen men start down the slope of the bowl. You must decide now. If you decide to fly out with the birds, turn to page 24. If you decide to show your press card... Turn to page 93. You wanted bird power. I mean, they're both stupid, stupid options. That's the stupidest option. Let's do that one. the bird one is the stupidest one, so I think we have to. I mean, I'm sure every child has thought of this as this or the balloons. Like, would that work? Probably not, but... I mean, there was that one dude that did the weather balloons tied to his uh, lawn chair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. If that worked, the bird power thing might work. Okay, yeah, so... Let's get an army of birds going. You're going to fly out with the birds? Yep. Maybe. Sure are. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but... Okay. Hurriedly, you yank up a number of stakes, wrapping the birds' cords around your waist and arms. The birds, sensing freedom, go berserk, flapping their wings and colliding with one another. <laughs> Which is probably what would actually happen. <laughs> yep. Up on the rim, your pursuers can only watch the war of flapping wings and flying feathers in amazement. What the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> you wonder desperately how many birds it will take to get you off the ground. You're glad you skipped a heavy French lunch. You feel your feet leave the ground. The birds flap their wings, mightily straining for the sky, and you rise right out of the bowl. Hell yeah, it's working. You're now a hundred feet above the plateau. The birds. So stupid. <laughs> The birds head out over the valley. The men below have gathered their wits and are wildly shooting at you. (laughs) Killing one bird at a time. Their boss is going to be pissed. (laughs) You thought you were scared down there in the bowl, but at least you were on solid ground. Now you must be 2,000 feet above the valley floor. Whoa. You feel dizzy. Don't think the birds go up that high. The circulation in your arms is being cut off by the cords. 
You want so much to let go. Not only that, your shirt is full of feathers, and they're tickling you unbearably. <laughs> why, is, why is our shirt full of... I don't know. <laughs> because you stuffed a bunch of feathers in your shirt before. <laughs> For a little padding in case we fell. No, just because you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> uh, each bird seems to have its own idea of where it wants to go, but each time they try to fly off in different directions, you are all plummet down a few hundred feet. Your stomach feels as if you're in a high-speed elevator. You can only wonder where you're going to end up. Maybe an eagle's nest high up on a pinnacle of rock, a place you'll never get down from. You feel one of the cords around your arm unwind, then it comes loose. A giant condor soars upward, flying free. Bye, bye, bitches! You begin to lose altitude. There's your answer about how to get down. Release just the right number of birds. But it has to be the right number, or you'll crash. You unwind one more cord, and a hawk flies off. You start to descend quickly, and the ground rushes towards you. You just hope one of your birds doesn't spot a mouse and decide to dive bomb it. The birds are flapping exhaustedly as you descend toward a field. You feel you're going too fast to land safely. You see a pile of hay and... <laughs> oh, I so hope this is a choice. You see a pile of hay and one of manure. <laughs> Both would break your fall, but you definitely have a preference. You pull on the cords and the birds respond. You're only 20 feet above the haystack. The birds stop flapping and spread their wings to land. You fall straight into the hay. We did use our bird control powers. Yeah, we did. You've made it. Huh. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. You undo all the cords, letting the blood flow through your arms again. The grateful birds take off. <laughs> You look back up the mountain. There's no way your pursuers are going to catch up with you in the next few hours. You spot a car coming down a nearby road and run across the field to flag it down. It's a blue station wagon. You're in luck. It's the French Gendarmerie. At your desperate waving, the policemen stop. Oh. Yeah. All right. Police person. Maybe this one will listen to us. Did you see us flying with those birds? <laughs> That's the real news story. Right? <laughs> yeah. Please, we've got to act fast. There are some men with guns after me, and some birds flew me out and dropped me here. <laughs> you stop talking as you realize you sound as if you escaped from an insane asylum. Uh-huh. Fortunately, the police don't understand English. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's time to talk with your hands and body. Lapel. Marcel Lapel. That they understand. You point to yourself. Journalist. Then you point to the mountain. Press pass. They kill you. <laughs> Helicopter. Lapel. Prisoner. The gendarme. The gendarme? Understands and reaches in to grab his radio mic. Based on your information, the police move in quickly and surround the kidnappers. A police helicopter... I can't believe this is working out. <laughs> no. A police helicopter rescues Jake and Eddie and oh. the pilot who were forced down. Thank God they survived too. You're there for every minute of it, getting the exclusive story. Huh, we're going to win a, no a Pulitzer for this. When the kidnappers surrender, Jake appears with his camera in time for you to interview Marcel Lapel. All Lapel can talk about is how grateful he is to you for saving his life. Yeah, boom. Lapel is rushed back to the tour, which had been suspended. So he can still win now. Yeah, go ride a bike some more, dude. At the press conference, there are more questions for you than Lapel. So what kind of birds were they? <laughs> <laughs> Your only difficulty lies in trying to explain how you got down the mountain so fast. 
If only Jake had been there with the cameras to film the birds. Because nobody believes you. Mm -hmm. Lapel goes on to win the tour, and you have a place of honor at the awards banquet in Paris. The next morning, you fly back to WCYA Studios. The outer office drops to a hush when you arrive. One of the secretaries says, Mr. Peterson wants to see you. He's really angry. Oh. Okay. How could that be? You step into his office. Peterson snarls from behind his desk. So there you are, back at last. I thought you were a journalist. I send you out there to cover a story, and what happens? You become the story. I see your face on every newspaper and every TV screen. What's going on? That's right, I want a raise, bitch. How pissed could he really be? Because this has to be bringing some sort of attention to his news studio. Like, Well, maybe he's angry because you can only go down from here. (laughs) This is the peak of your journalistic career. Sure. He looks stern. We'll just become a TV talk show host. Yeah. You gulp. Maybe you violated some journalistic ethic you didn't know about. Yeah, don't be famous. Then Mr. Peterson bursts out laughing. Oh. Comes out from behind his desk and gives you a bear hug. Sexual assault, buddy. (laughs) I still want to raise... Congratulations, that's the most amazing piece of work I've seen in my 32 years in the business. I got your raise right here. I knew you were hot, baby, but not sizzling. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell me one thing. How did you get down from that mountain so fast? Magic. The end. Okay, so we picked... The stupidest possible choices. That might have been the best ending of all time. And that's probably the best ending in the whole book. Probably. And we picked the dumbest, dumbest choices. Not listening to any really paid off. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Is it weird that I'm mad when picking the dumb choices actually pays off? Kind of, but also, I mean, like, I'm, I'm right there. I'm like a little bit mad, but also just in awe. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb, dumbfounded. Yeah. Dumbfounded. Fantastic. Well, based off of that, would you read any more of the Passport books? So, based off of that, I almost, uh, I mean, I don't know where we might go. Yeah, I'm um, curious where else these Passport books go. You said there's six of them? Yeah, there's six of them. I mean, I almost kind of, I mean, we already got super famous in the first book. <laughs> Without even trying. So sure. I feel like it's all uphill from here. Of course, yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's how that goes, you, right? You don't want to go downhill because you have to take birds again. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was something. I don't know if I'd recommend it because we did find seemingly the best ending. I don't know how it topped. So right. I don't know. Based off of the premise, I was not expecting it to go as ridiculous as it did. Yeah, yeah. no, that went ridiculous. So but I'm kind of impressed. I, I kind I I give it a I give it a full thumbs up, check mark, whatever. Like I I loved it. I loved how stupid it was. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Sure. And the, and his writing's good. Jim know. Beckett. Yeah. Um, I think this is actually the only book that he did in the series. I think okay. book two was done by somebody else, and then book three, four, five, and six were all done by another guy. That's almost a shame. You think if you're continuing with the same characters, then you might want to continue with the same author. But Yeah, well, maybe he was... Maybe, maybe that ending came about because he was done with the, the series. Yeah, he's like, well, I got my bird ending in there. I don't need to write anymore. 
Yay, nay. I mean, yeah. A soft recommend just because we did find the good ending. All right. So Connie's thinking that there is not any possible way that there could be a better ending no, than that in I, this book. I, I don't think so either. 100%. I, I definitely feel like that is the best ending. But All right. I also, I mean, we found it by being fucking idiots. <laughs> and I, there's something to that that it, it's, it's special. All right. Well, do you have some more questions for Howard Simpson? So... <laughs> So get check the show notes. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out more of these books, um, I don't think these books got um, reissued. I don't think these books got reissued. So okay. I think you have to go out and find the old ones. Yeah, they seem hard to find. So based on my two minutes of googling. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to uh, check out more books from Choose Your Own Adventure, go to cyoa.com. If you want to check out more stuff from us, go to incrediblydaring.com. And I'll also put a link to Howard Simpson's Facebook page down in the show notes if you want to go check out his stuff. Uh, until whenever, I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. I'm Connie. The end.